Welcome back, Oscar fans. This is Jake. This is the OCC. Thanks for tuning back in. Today is a short episode to cover some pretty massive changes that have been announced from the Academy last week and then in the past few weeks regarding the 2021 Oscars. The largest of those changes is, of course, that the Oscars have been postponed almost two months from February 28th to April 25th. What this basically allows is for more films that were targeting Oscar season releases and and campaigns to actually get finished and be released. Hand in hand with pushing back the Oscars, the Academy pushed back the eligibility window. Previously, the eligibility window had been January 1st to December 31st, as it is most years. This year, it's going to be January 1st, 2020 to February 28th, 2021. So a number of films that were positioning themselves for Oscar campaigns had to shut down production due to COVID-19 and lost valuable months from really March to June of not being able to finish production, finish editing, get ready for the various summer and early fall film festivals that a lot of these films rely on to get to launch their campaigns. If the Academy hadn't made this change, what you likely would have seen were a number of movies not be ready in time. You know, how this manifests itself directly is, is let's take a movie like The Last Duel. This is the Ridley Scott movie that's slated for the end of December. It stars Adam Driver. It was written by Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, their first collaboration on a writing credit since Goodwill Hunting. A movie like this is partially made to contend during Oscar season. That's kind of part of the whole marketing campaign and and what drives people to see it. If they had not been able to finish this movie, because production was postponed on the last duel, they're just getting back now to finishing some of of the touch-ups on it. If they had not had time to get this movie out there, launch a marketing campaign, and then release it in December and get inside that eligibility window, they would possibly hold that for an entire year. And try to compete in next year's Oscars. And that that just didn't make any sense. And so as much as, you know, a number of people who really love film and follow it closely have said, why not have a year where you're competing, you know, movies like First Cow and Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. And some of the movies that have come out this year that have been critically acclaimed, but are maybe smaller in their audiences, that just was never realistic. You know, the, the Oscars are already fighting for relevancy to have a light slate of films you know trying to to elevate smaller independent cinema unfortunately just really wasn't ever going to make sense for for what the academy's goals are and so i'm not at all surprised that they pushed back the date to allow more of the major features to be completed and released and so what you'll probably end up seeing you know there there are likely some films that are going to try to hold the holidays just because of the viewing behavior during those times. You know, we saw when Godzilla vs. Kong was pushed out, that was a real blow in the best picture category. But when that was pushed out to 2021, we saw No Time to Die, the new James Bond film, pull up like five days. And a lot of people were like, well, why, why make a move five days? But it's because it's a more optimal slot going into the Thanksgiving holiday. And they hadn't wanted to compete with another major blockbuster. But once that window opened, you know, it made sense for them to to get that more premium positioning. 
you're going to see the same thing around Christmas. So, you know, I do expect, you know, we've already seen movies like Top Gun that were supposed to come out during the summer push toward Christmas. That, you know, that's not so much an Oscar movie, at least, you know, maybe in the technical categories, but probably not in, in the top categories. You know, Christmas may end up functioning a little bit more like summer. And then you may see January, February function a little bit more like what you typically see toward the end of the year where it's really awards bait, where you're seeing a lot of movies like, you know, last year Waves, Uncut Gems, these movies that are being rushed to finish. You know, I think of like Paul Schrader and The Card Counter starring Oscar Isaac. You know, movies like that I think could make a lot of sense for January and February because the other thing that you start to get as the whole film calendar has been just halted for three or four months, you start to really build a backlog of, of movies. And you only can show so many movies at, at once in on the theatrical circuit, especially if you're having to open cinemas at less than full capacity. If Tenant comes out at the end of July, you may go to a movie theater and have five or six of the theaters within that complex showing Tenant, and then all of them are at 25% or whatever capacity you're starting to just collect a lot of movies that need places to show. Extending the calendar kind of offsets that. I mean, look at January and February this year. You got Sonic the Hedgehog. You got Bad Boys for Life. Every now and then you get a handful of movies like Get Out that release in January, February that become really relevant. But it sometimes can be a little bit of a dumping ground too. Nothing against those movies. You know, maybe Doolittle is a better example of that. But you know, you're not losing that much by opening January and February up to, to much more relevant fare. In fact, you're probably gaining something. Um, it, it just makes a lot of sense for this year. So that was the decision as far as pushing back the timing of the actual show. And the submission deadlines for some of the specialty categories um, will will also get pushed back. So normally you see kind of a short list of like animated features, documentary features, short subjects, uh, international films. You see a short list of that come out in like early December. This year, the submission deadline is actually going to be early December. So it'll be December 1st. And then the general entry categories, that's now January 15th, 2021. That can encapsulate any film that is released up until February 28th. But again, you're doing it on paper right now. We talk about this as, you know, a number of states, really every state to some capacity has reopened, and you've seen spikes in coronavirus cases. You have some regions of the country where coronavirus cases are at their all-time high right now. There had already been a lot of talk about a potential second wave in the fall, so it's hard to know for sure how this might be further disrupted. But pushing back a couple months also just gives the Academy a little bit more breathing room, a little bit more time for the world to figure this out. I'm certainly not surprised that the Oscars was delayed versus canceled. I never thought that it was within the realm of possibility to cancel the Oscars. It's just too important to the Academy's annual budget. It's it's their entire annual budget. And, you know, there had been talk of trying to combine maybe the 20 and, and 21 Oscars into one show two years from now. I just never really thought that was a possibility. So I'm I'm not surprised to see this pushed back till the end of April. I think it's the right decision. But there's obviously a lot of downstream impact from that. And it's going to be interesting to think about how it all shakes out. You know, Sundance is a launching pad for a number of Oscar movies. Last year, I think it was nine of the 15 shortlisted documentaries came out of Sundance. 
this year there are a number of films from that festival that are highly acclaimed that are expected to be in the conversation when it comes Oscar season. Films like Minari, Promising Young Woman from May 24. What's interesting about that is that with the revised eligibility window, next year's Sundance will now be within the eligibility window. First of all, this year's Sundance, the films from this year's Sundance are going to be a distant memory. That part is not, I don't think, as impactful because a lot of times what happens, and, and this is what we saw this year, like the films originally screen at Sundance, but then they're picked up for distribution and released later in the year. So like I think Minari will come out like in the fall or maybe now it'll come out even later. later. So like the distance from the actual festival I don't think is the issue. More the issue is that there'll be another Sundance. So if there's films that were kind of positioning themselves as, as Oscar com- competitors in 2022, it's possible that those films will just play Sundance and all of a sudden be eligible for 2021. So that's going to be an interesting thing to work through, especially in, I think, the documentary categories where that's most relevant. In the in the kind of bigger categories like Best Picture, you know, a lot of those films play without having been picked up for distribution yet. And so you don't have a studio to run an Oscar campaign for you. So I don't, I guess it's all to be determined. It's really hard to know, but I think the timing of Sundance is probably the most interesting downstream effect of pushing out the Oscars. You know, the other thing to think about is, is the rest of award season. Um, you know, there's no governor's awards as of now. Um, those were canceled. For those of you who aren't familiar, they sort of present like honorary Oscars. It is kind of like the unofficial kickoff of the season in some ways. The scientific and technical awards usually happen in the summer. That actually was scheduled to happen this past Saturday, um, and obviously that did not happen. So that, that'll that um, not be as relevant to kind of most mainstream Oscar viewers, but that's something that um, has moved as well. This isn't the first time that the Oscars have been delayed. Um, it was delayed in 1938. There was a 50-year flood in Los Angeles. It was delayed in 1968 um, due to the assassination of Martin Luther King, and then it was delayed in 1981 uh, when there was an attempted assassination of President Ronald Reagan, and of course there was some Hollywood connection to that story. Everybody remembers uh, Jodie Foster. But I've saw, but I saw pointed out in some of the coverage of this that even during the 1918 Spanish flu, Hollywood production continued and most theaters remained open. So this is definitely uncharted territory, even if the Oscars had been moved before. I think net-net, it makes a lot of sense. I, I understand why they did it. I kind of expected them to do it. But it will be interesting to see kind of what gets elevated. And I, I have a feeling that the makeup of the awards will be quite different this year. Even a film like The Five Bloods, I think that had originally been scheduled for kind of a fall release. They obviously pulled it up to summer because of quarantine. And now you're pushing the Oscars back two months. That's really going to be a long time um, between the release of that movie and the Oscars. And we know recency kind of plays a frequent role in the evaluation of these movies, even though that shouldn't be the case. So um, it'll, it'll just be interesting. You know, all we can do right now is sort of speculate, but it's it's really hard to know um, what's what's going to happen between now and next April. I mean, that's obviously like more time than between, let's say, this past Christmas and right now, which probably makes your head explode. That was the biggest news. Um, there were some other uh, announcements that the Academy made as well that I wanted to quickly cover. One that I really liked, 
I don't get too many screeners yet. I, I need to get my audience a little bit bigger. I've gotten a couple, which is like makes me feel really, really cool. But the Academy, you know, for voters has an award season screening room where they can kind of all the Academy members can go watch all of the Oscar movies so that they can vote on them. They just recently made a change, uh, like I think it was maybe even this year, or last year, because they used to ship out DVD screeners, and I think they still do that, or you can go to a screening room, and then they're going to eventually transition to just a screening room. That change was made a little while ago, but what they just announced last week, this screening room is now going to be available all year. They're going to basically show movies during the quarter that they're released. I think that that's just going to result in the Academy watching a lot more of the movies, which should go without saying, but I mean, it's kind of a, it's a hustle, you know, to watch. I I know as an Oscar completist, it's a hustle to watch like 50 to 70 movies in like a month and a month and a half period. You'd hope that everybody would still watch everything, but you know, you don't, I don't know if that's always the case, you know, especially the way that the voting goes. Sometimes it doesn't reflect that. And so by kind of spreading it out and making these movies available year-round, it'll broaden the exposure of each film and, and kind of level the playing field so that it's not just the movies that are released in, in like November, you know, September to December that are the only movies that end up people having time to watch. So I like that move kind of unequivocally. I think that's a good move. The third change that the Oscars made was to expand the Best Picture category to 10 movies. It, once upon a time, it was five. Then it was 10. And then it became like a variable between five and 10. And so like most years, I think it's been since like 2009, it's been either like eight or nine. And the idea was basically like whatever movies are, you know, you're going to nominate at least five for best picture and then you have up to five more. So if you think there are, you know, eight worthy movies in a year, then you nominate eight. If you think there's nine or seven, you nominate that number of movies. But now they're changing it to just be 10 every year. And I like that because I think that they always have snubs. I mean, I struggle to, to cut down my list to 15 or 20 of, of the movies each year, especially a year like last year. And so um, requiring there to be 10, I like that move. I think the 10th last year probably would have gone to Knives Out. And then the final announcement from the Academy was that they're going to form a task force with the Producers Guild of America to, quote, develop and implement new representation and inclusion standards for Oscars eligibility by July 31st, 2020. So obviously, you can tell just by the way that announcement's phrased that they're kind of setting up a commission to do this work because they hadn't done it to date. But it's obviously, it's heartening to hear that they are doing it because they have a lot of power. And what what in essence like an inclusion standard would be is that you know in order for your movie to be considered it has to have meet whatever you know x benchmark of inclusion and diversity within the filmmaking or it won't be eligible for an oscar you know i think this is something i mean i know this is something that the oscars have grappled with you know a few years ago obviously you had the the oscars so white campaign even this year you had a lot of concern around uh, no female directors. Um, there were very few nominees of color. You only had Cynthia Ervo nominated for playing a slave. So they have a lot of work to do as far as diversity and inclusion. And, and, you know, there's not a lot of meat on the bones yet, but hopefully this task force will come up with some meaningful reforms just to continue to expand whose stories we get to hear. I think it's been very obvious to anybody who watches a lot of movies like I do that 
um, the more diverse voices that we're allowed to hear from, just the better off we all are. You know, it obviously benefits the filmmakers to have a much more fair system, but it also benefits the audience to just get to be exposed to more interesting perspectives and, and new material rather than just kind of watching the same, you know, singular mindset guide all of the the content that comes out of, of Hollywood. That doesn't work for today's world and, and it doesn't even work. You know, it's 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 a loss even for just the individual viewer. So supportive of, of really all the changes that the Academy's announced. Certainly things will probably continue to change between now and April, but you know, this was the first real substantive news that we got on a number of these fronts from the Academy. So it felt worth dedicating a quick episode to. That's it for today. I will be back next week. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Have a great week and thanks for listening to the OCC.